This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's get ready to rumble. Break out that pumpkin spice, baby. It is October baseball. If you are worried about this team, I was a little bit too, but then I thought about it. We have playoff Tanaka. We have Cole. This one might not last three games, so you really don't need to dip into the Devies. It's the Yankees, one through nine. The bats are there. They'll know it's October. Just give Tanaka that pumpkin spice. Get the pumpkin spice juicing around. This team will wake up. They know what it is. It's not a regular season game. Last couple games of the year, whatever, throw it away. Didn't matter anyway. We're in the playoffs no matter what. Doesn't matter who we're playing. This team's a freight train. We're going to go in there, and we're going to win. We're just going to dominate. That's going to be how it is. Garrett Cole is going to set the tone tonight. You know, so many people said we wouldn't make it this far, and we did. 60 games in the books. Yankees didn't end up on top of the AL East like we had hoped, but you know what? We're still in the playoffs no matter what. Game one. Shane Bieber versus Garrett Cole tonight. Garrett Cole is going to shove. He's just going to shove. If you're a betting man like the rest of us, I mean, the under looks like a lock. Yeah, no, it's got to be. I haven't looked at the line yet. This is the night before, but it should be like three. And even if it is three, I still might take the under. Going to be a wild matchup. Going to be one for the books. The only thing is, this is a game I definitely would have liked to be there in person for. Obviously, that didn't happen this year. It sucks. It sucks, but we'll be back before we know it. Anywho, this is a very special episode, actually, because Scott from Bronx Pinstripes is joining us. We are doing a little bit of a overall summary episode where we talk about what like we liked, the new rules that were implemented, what we think is going to stick around, what we already know is going to stick around, little surprises that happened this season, things that didn't shock us, just overall reactions to the whole weird 2020 season as a whole. Then a preview of the series ahead of us, the playoffs ahead of us, a little what to watch for us, and just some laughs along the way. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's talk some Yanks, and let's get ready for the playoffs. And one more thing before I forget. As always, it helps us so much if you could just leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like us. If you don't like us, stop listening. But if you do like us, it does help us if you give us a little five-star rating. So grab yourself a beer. If it's 9 a.m., still grab yourself a beer. You got 10 hours till the game. Game starts at 7. And let's talk some Yanks. So, fellas, this year's been strange. It's been obviously strange. Luke, you're studying for a massive test coming up tomorrow morning, and I know that's been taking a lot of your brain space as well. Yeah, it's the dedication we, uh, right now. <laughs> it is dedication, man. I appreciate it. The, um, how are we? Uh, how are you guys feeling about 2020? Just in general, looking at what went down this whole year. Like, let's even start from the beginning and just and and you know, give me your reactions or what your your thoughts were when you heard that 
you know, the, the games, the double headers were going to be um, seven innings. We had some weird extra inning rules. The, the, the season was 60. Just give me your whole, uh, you know, where, where you're going with that first and then, and then how you think it played out. Yeah. I mean, going into the season, I didn't really have much of an expectation at all because I just wanted baseball in any form that we could get it. So all the rules, obviously they threw together with the seven innings and the man on second, all that. I didn't really care that much, but obviously now that we got baseball and now we can kind of be a little more critical about it. I didn't really like the seven inning doubleheaders because for it, for the Yankees six specifically, there's a lot of situations where we probably would have won games because we're, we tend to put up runs late and we just didn't have enough time. And that's happened a few times I can remember. And I just don't like that you could possibly get a loss because of that. And that was one thing I didn't really like at first. It seemed like a pretty good idea, but just to get more games in, but they didn't really get more games in. They just got the same amount of games, 60 games, just made them shorter so they could do it in the same day. They were initially, I mean, they made them shorter on, by innings, not by time. Exactly. Just, they, yeah. I thought the idea was to do double headers so you can squeeze in 80 or a hundred games, you know? Yeah. No, that was, I mean, they're originally doing this as well because the other thing is you didn't know how many games they were going to have to stack. If guys started popping, you know, more and more, and it didn't really go away in the season, there were theoretically, you could have, you could have had a week, we all could have had a lot more double headers, all of the teams. Um, it, it ended up working out okay as far as like the testing and, and you know, the way that, that it got handled. So um, yeah, it's uh, it was an interesting thing though. It was definitely like co-ed softball. But. I kind of, I kind of went to the season. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of went to the season um, like hating the runner on second rule and being okay with the seven inning double header rule. And at the end of the season, I was completely, completely opposite i hated the seven inning double headers but didn't really mind the man on second rule because i feel like we barely even saw the man on second rule the whole season I we saw it a few times but i just like it doesn't for me the man on second rule just it takes all the drama out of the extras like it's not even that exciting anymore andrew looks at the other side of it, he's like well there's it's exciting because that guy could score i'm like well, okay he's there i know he's there like he was just placed there like someone just put him there nobody earned getting on second base that's not it's not fun. It's like a ground ball. Guy goes a third. That's small ball. It's not like anybody plays that anymore, but theoretically it's not that difficult to get the runner in. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of the time it kind of benefited us. That's why I kind of liked the rule too, because the guy who got out the last inning is usually Tyler Wade and he's <laughs> pretty fast. So that helped us out a lot. His 170 batting average definitely uh, played into that rule. Yeah. This is watch out. This is, this is an all Tyler Wade show. Actually it could be, we could, you know uh, what though? We, <laughs> we started, we obviously were the Tyler Wade fan club and I know you, you tried to start that back in the day. Uh, I didn't try to start it. I started it. <laughs> okay. So you started it and then we picked it up, not knowing that it already existed. So in turn, we also started it because we didn't know it existed. So we started to fizzle out towards the end of the season. Cause we just, this is the first year we actually got a, a good look at him starting a lot of games not a lot of games, but he played a lot. I'm pretty sure he put, had like the majority of the games played like on his log and he was pretty bad. So, I mean, he never was a hitter, but his hitting's pretty That's true. the problem with Tyler Wade. So my, yeah. my fandom, the, 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 the reason I like him is, is because I love him as the last guy on the bench. I think he's yeah. an extremely valuable guy as yeah. the last guy on the bench. I don't want him playing every day. <laughs> I don't want him going out there to start the games. I want him available on the uh, on the bench, ready to come into play some defense anywhere because he could play anywhere pretty much. Yeah. You know, the only thing I'll say about him that's disappointing to me is I don't understand why he hasn't become the world's greatest bunter. Like, just master bunting. Don't hit. You can't hit. You're not going to hit. It's not going to happen. Just bunt. 
And just become one of those Korean to too. Like it'd be like a three-one count, and he was squaring up to bunt, and just wouldn't do it. <laughs> I love it. Do it successfully. I love it. <laughs> right, but that's the thing. Like I want, I want him to bunt on on every count. I want him yeah. to have like that much Rio. confidence where he'd be able to do three. Rio count. You want to bunt? <laughs> yeah, bunt. Surprise. He's probably going to get Drew fastballs. It's going to get to a three-two count because nobody's scared of Tyler Wade. He should. I mean, he should literally be training. Like, don't even go in the cage. Just bunt, that's or or go in the cage and bunt. <laughs> And like set up targets, set up targets, put little yeah. hot spots, you know, like the, yeah. the from gym class, the little the little yeah. rubber hot spot things, and <laughs> and hit them every single just time. Just be playing pepper all day. Yeah, if you're gonna get a nerd, we could get a nerd analysis for the accuracy of the bunting. Like, give me that. <laughs> I, I'm I'm here for for bunting, uh, for for bunting stats. And then he hits a home run and he acts like everything. All the other thirty at bats where he looked like a fool just erase after that home run. He pimps it and he acts like he's the man. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, you know, when you hit something, it's your, when you drink your first beer, you get really excited. Yeah, about I know. It, so. <laughs> I sound like I hate. I sound like I hate Tyler Wade, but I love Tyler Wade. But he, his his bat definitely is not there. I, I hope that we don't have to rely on it. If it comes to the point where we have to rely on his bat, then we're in a big we're in a bad situation. Yeah, yeah no, he better he needs the bunt. <laughs> if we're relying <laughs> on him to do anything with the bat, he needs the bunt. Yeah. Um. All right. So yeah, seven innings. The uh the extra inning rule. The um. The expanded playoffs, obviously, that's where we are now. So today was was crazy just because, you know, there were so many different scenarios that were playing out. It seemed like every five minutes it was changing. Uh, and who was playing where, you know, and, and like just the the games all depended on, um, you know, the seating basically going to the end of it. To me, like that's fun, I guess, if you're one of the teams going, getting in like Toronto, that's cool. They're in the playoffs, right? Yeah. That's something exciting for them the um you you start seeing like uh, teams like the marlins who actually had a pretty good year but are getting in so i think the short season helped them the expanded playoffs helped them as well but it didn't add that much excitement to me like it, you're all these people it was just confusing at the end because i don't know nobody knows where they're going to play yeah yeah i mean so, i don't know what do you, it seems like when they 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 announced this what it was like this the day before the season started i think and they're, they basically expanded it, making the regular season relatively meaningless because it was pretty much worthless when that many, uh, that, that many teams are in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the, only, it, the regular season was pretty meaningless. And to top it all off, you get home field. You don't have anybody in your stadium cheering, on, cheering you on. Like, I know me out there in the stands screaming my head off from the, the bleachers definitely helps a little bit. And like that, At least it makes you think if you, and, you, yeah, you I feel good it, about it as a, as, a, you know, as a fan. I think I'm doing something and right. they don't have that fueling them. And that's one of the main benefits of home field. And especially for a team like the Yankees who have just such a good history of October and just playing in the Bronx is so hard. But now anyone who comes in the Bronx, it's really not, it's just the same thing. I mean, the only thing you, the only benefit you get is home ballpark, the dimensions, and then now it's neutral site. So now what? Now you just – Now it doesn't matter. Now you, now you just get last licks. So, yeah. But in terms of the expanded playoffs as a whole, uh, I don't mind it. And I know they're talking about doing it in the future as well. So, I mean, that's what we knew with all these rule changes that some of them would stick around and they're obviously not doing it just to do it for this season. They're putting them out there and feeling them, see how they, they, they just wear them, see how they, see how they are. And I think they like that one. I think they like that more teams make the playoffs. And I think they obviously the teams like it because they get playoff money. And that's obviously what they're after. So I don't know. I liked it. But down the stretch today, I th we played, we had three different matchups that just kept switching and we ended up playing in the Indians. So yeah, but the other day, though, like if we didn't have expanded playoffs this season, we would be. 
probably playing in a one-game wildcard game and not uh, yeah. going into a series, which is a little bit of Yankee bias coming out of the whole situation. But for this year, I like it because we're in the playoffs and we're going to head to a three-game series instead of a one-and-done game. Right, but at the, at the end of the day, like if the, if the series – I don't know. You know, you you might be approaching some of these games a little differently as well if you know that that's a situation yeah. and and you're you know you got yeah. more on the line. It's like they they literally if Toronto won today, they they could be playing Tampa, like they, they could have been the eighth seed if Toronto had beaten the Orioles, the Yankees would have been the eighth seed going we have been? and playing Tampa. Because yeah. I know we had the same. Record. There was what there was a there to? was a tiebreaker. There was a two tiebreaker head to head with Toronto was tied. Then you go to AL East records. And if they had beaten Baltimore today, it would have been exactly the same. And then you go to like interdivisional opponent winning percentage, some bullshit that just, and they had it. So yeah, the Yankees would have been going to, um, to Tampa. You know what I was saying though? I was saying, yeah, I was saying that to a few people though. Like I kind of wanted to see them play Tampa. I'm not, I am scared of Tampa just because of how well they played us this year, but they played us when we haven't had a full team and the team's back. I mean, they haven't been playing well this week, but I mean, the week before that, they were putting up 30 runs a game and putting up football scores. So, I mean, if you go into Tampa, again, you're going not into a home field. And even if we went into the Trop, that's our home field in a regular season. So, I don't know. I'm not so worried about playing Tampa in the playoffs because I know everybody will hopefully step up to the plate. And we got Cole and playoff Tanaka. And I think, I think the vibe will definitely get the guys going. All right, so let's. Uh, I want to get your reactions to a few things that happened this season, and then we'll uh, we'll touch on kind of what's what's coming up with the with the playoffs because there still is an opportunity to play Tampa as long as the Yankees take care of business against you know the Triple Crown winner of pitching stats, <laughs> Shane Bieber. You know the guy had like the most one of the best seasons, yeah. uh, you know, in in a, in a long time, but shortened season, so you know doesn't. He could win MVP. Could win MVP. Could win MVP. All right, I want to get your guys' uh, opinions on on a few things that happened this season. So. Obviously, Garrett Cole, I mean, he pitched well. He pitched, he pitched very well. You know, I think we were all expecting perfection. That's not realistic, but he pitched very well. We had that, that little, uh, what, four-game stint of him going out there and, and actually looking like a human being. Um, what has come out of this is this personal catcher, or if you're asking him, personal pitcher situation with, uh, with Cole and Higgy. And then, obviously, Gary Sanchez is part of this as well. So Cole's numbers with Higgy. Uh, you know, out of this, uh, out of this world with Sanchez, you know, still good, but not, not the same. There's obviously a comfort level there. I want to hear your, I want to hear thoughts on, on the, the personal catcher situation and if it's warranted at this point. And, and then also sidebar, is there a personal catcher situation? Can you call it that when your starting catcher is struggling as bad as he is? So go ahead, Luke, hit it up. You know, I, I actually heard you guys talking about this in the last episode, and I, I agree with what you were saying. It's just like, is it really a personal catcher at the point when your starting catcher isn't hitting and then Higgy came out that game and hit three home runs? So when the offensive value is where it's at and like what Gary should be just absolutely blowing the cover off the ball and that's why he's in the lineup. But if he's not doing that and then the offensive value is comparable between him and Higgy, then we're not even talking about personal catchers anymore. Like we're, and it we're, shouldn't be. Yeah. And Let's all be very clear about that. It shouldn't be. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not dismissing the fact that Gary Sanchez should be much better and should be that guy. Yeah. No, and he definitely should be. But he just hasn't been doing that. And I know it's a shortened season as well. And I still have faith in Gary a little bit. Like some part of me knows. And I know the pitcher probably approaches it that way as well. Like it's Gary Sanchez. It's not some bum up there. Like when you are a pitcher, Shane Bieber, as good as he is, 
you're going out there, you're facing Gary Sanchez versus Kyle Higashioka. The way you approach that at bat is still Gary can hit one out. Gary could put one in the fucking bleachers. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just. But th- yeah. here's the thing. Like I, I, Shane Bieber is a pitcher. He doesn't, yeah. he throws 95, you know, but he knows how to locate. He knows how to, to work that count. That's, that's to me is like, if I'm, if I'm going up against Gary Sanchez, like that guy's not seeing a fastball. Like he's probably not seeing a fastball. Probably not going to see anything on the inside of the plate either. So yeah. and why if you not? Control, he's been chasing the ball. So why not? Yeah. Why, why give him a pitch to hit? If he's going to swing the one in the dirt anyway. So it's interesting. All right. So Damon, what are your thoughts? Do you like a, do you think it's a, do you think it's a representative of something on Cole and why this is happening or more of a, uh, you know, more of a look on, on Gary just hasn't been performing and that's why this happened. Yeah. I think that like, so we were talking about it on the last episode and we had some stats that I pulled up and I have them here as a screenshot just from last episode that Cole with Sanchez, his ERA was a three nine one and Cole with other catchers behind a dish is a 0.9 ERA with and other catchers with other catchers. Yeah. yeah Which Kratz, probably yeah. means Kratz and Nagash yoga. Like I know the sample size is a little bit smaller, but that's nothing to just kind of blow past. That's a significant ERA change. And, uh, you know, I like to, you know, we're going to the playoffs. Like I'm just a firm believer in who's hot and I, we're going to play a couple, couple games. And if, Garrett Cole is throwing the way he's throwing with Higashioka behind the plate and Higgy continues to square up the ball every at bat, then why? It doesn't even matter that he hits, honestly. Yeah. If it's not, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if we're going to the playoffs, keep it that way. Keep it, keep the momentum going. I don't want to see anything change. If Cole is pitching, if other people are, are pitching, then it's a different story because, you know, I've been saying, let's wait for Sanchez to get hot for, weeks and weeks and weeks but for it could it, it could happen <laughs> so like, saying that for two years he could get hot hit five home runs in three games and then we'll never know so it's it's i'm always go back and forth but i think the safe option and goal pitch if cole's pitching i want piggy behind the dish and that's always been the thing with the personal catcher thing for me too is that if this were a personal catcher conversation then i might say no for higgy but I mean, when Higgy goes out there, Higgy plays a good defensive game. And that's, we were making conversations about this halfway through this season, which is, I mean, a month ago is halfway through this season, but we were talking about it. And we were saying there are so many catchers out in the, in the league that I honestly would kind of rather have over Gary and everyone would on Twitter would be like, Oh, but like Gary is like the, like best at his position. Top Bro, 2017. Yeah. yeah 2017. Half. Look at Gary. Like, I mean, look at his numbers, <laughs> look at his home run numbers compared to like Mike Piazza. And then in the first hundred games, all that, and I get that and whatever it is, but all these other catchers, like, I mean, Christian Vasquez and all these other guys, they're catching, they catch. So Did you, you say that? Christian Vasquez, that's who you brought up. That's, <laughs> the, that's the one you bring but, up. <laughs> but I, exactly. But he's like a middle of the pack guy who actually didn't he hit decently this year. I don't know, but he catches first and foremost as a catcher. And that's what Higgy does. So you know that the game isn't going to get screwed because you're going to have lit up a pass ball in, in the playoffs. That matters so much. So I'd rather have Higgy knowing that he's going to be an actual backstop than Gary just being like. At this point, you, at this point, look, you, we have we have Garrett Cole going up against Bieber. You you can't mess with anything at this yeah. point. Now now you have to do what whatever no that comfort works. level is. It's it's Cole and. and uh, and Higgy, they they have something going. You gotta put the you gotta put that in there. You have to. You have to start. You have to start the series. And that is more to me. It's more on Gary Sanchez for whatever reason. Gary Cole and Gary Sanchez weren't on the same page. No. You know what? Gary Cole admit that to put in in public. Probably not. Maybe he never will. Who knows? But 
my eye test is telling me your stats are telling me that they weren't on the same page. So um, yeah, I don't know. It's strange. And I, I agree. I, I don't know if it's, if you listen to the last episode, like you said, there's, there's just uh, it's not a catch. It's not a personal catcher situation when the starting catcher is, is, uh, is not playing the way he's supposed to. All right. So let's move on to next thing. I think we're, we're all expecting to see Cole Higgy on Tuesday night. If we don't, that would be, that would be a surprise. Honestly, if Boone yeah. came out and said Sanchez was starting, I would be like, okay, great. Here we go. Yeah. Boone's getting cute. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's try to be, let's try to catch lightning a bottle with Gary Sanchez and maybe this will be his one of 20 games. All right. So <laughs> MVP, MVP caliber season. We got two guys uh, that, that are up there. Voight's really, I don't think in consideration technically really with a lot of the, the, you know, the, the voters um, because of, of some of the metrics, but DJ LeMahieu and Luke Voigt practically carried the season, uh, the team for the season. I mean, Gio Rochelle is up, is, is in this conversation as well, as far as team MVP. Uh, he was a rock at third base. Someone comes to me and says he's a bad defensive third baseman. Again, I'm going to punch him in the face because nothing, nothing, nothing that he shows is, uh, is, you know, representative of that. But um, Luke Voigt is uh, the home run king. DJ LeMahieu got the batting title. So what are your thoughts on these two guys carrying? And not only that, but, you know, DJ was gone, was down. It started the season with COVID, right? So he came mm-hmm. was, uh, off the, off the, uh, off that list um, to start the season. And then as well, uh, missed a, a couple of days because of the hand and then Voight with the foot stuff, just playing through it the entire time. Like, yeah. I love that. What are your, what are your thoughts on those two guys? Damon, what's up? I think that, yeah, Rail and I disagree in this throughout the entire season. So I, I kept saying that Luke Voigt was the team MVP. And the, the main reason I say that is because, like you said earlier, LeMahieu was down for a little bit. And it wasn't even the fact that LeMahieu was down. It was the fact that everybody was down and Luke Voigt was the only person in the lineup that was hitting and the only person that was producing to help the team win. Like, if he was in that lineup, then we would be losing, you know, five straight games without him. So I think that having like his presence in the lineup throughout the entire season, his consistency and coming up in big moments and carrying a team when the team was down, I think that along with the fact that he hit 21, whatever home runs and yeah, there had, had a, yeah, 20, yeah. Crazy amount, you know, 22, 22, 22 right, right the the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think just like all those things combined, he's, he's a, a slightly better MVP in my eyes and it's close. It's like, it's right here, you know, but in my eyes, it's, it's Luke Voigt. Yeah, I mean, and when you look at them, it, it, there's no wrong answer. It's what you prefer. And, I mean, the voters, to me, when I was looking back at other MVPs, you, recently I feel like they've been preferring the batting average when you look at Mookie Betts, Jose Altuve, for whatever you want to take with that. But when they voted, he was they were voting on the numbers. They liked his batting average. And when you look at DJ, uh, did he finish above uh, Tim Anderson? I think he did. So he yeah, For a batting average, yeah, he won the title. Yeah. So he won the title and then Voight won the home run title. But I, I'm going to go with DJ because, I mean, what I see the voters are preferring. The, if you're batting 364, I think he finished at. It's pretty good, especially as a leadoff guy. He's obviously not going to have the RBI numbers because he's batting leadoff, but he still managed to be that guy with runners in scoring position late in games too. So when he was given the opportunities, he was taking advantage. And I actually looked at these numbers uh, comparing him to other guys who were in the race for MVP, like Tim Anderson, Mike Trout. Jose Abreu, Nelson Cruz, not Shane Bieber, because I, I don't know how to compare those numbers. And I don't know how voters will either. War, you look at war. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's basically it. But when you look at the other numbers, I looked at like who led categories, like main categories, such as like batting average, home runs, RBIs, 
war, other stuff. But DJ, out of all the lists of players I just named, he led in one, two, three, four, five of the eight categories I have against everybody. And that's pretty good. He just didn't lead in home runs and RBIs. And he led in WOBA, OPS. He's a leadoff hitter, yeah. Weighted runs runs created plus, OBP, batting average. He led in all those, but then it's, again, what you prefer. But I I think the main person he's going up against is Jose Abreu. That dude had a pretty good season, I'd say, because he had the numbers that were similar to Voight's power, but he also hit 330. So I think if if, if DJ is going to lose to anybody, I'd give it to Abreu. Or Bieber, yeah. if you want to compare that, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to – I mean, if you look at the percentage of games that he won and, and or started to – it was something crazy. It was – we looked it up. I think it was um, – he was in 11 – 10 or 11 of the game – of 60 games he had, you know, a marked influence on. Yeah. So it was it was a significant amount of the games that, that he had a uh, um, an influence on. The uh, the one thing that – so I'm looking at, at MVP at least. Like, LeMahieu's – got to be up there with the talks I, I don't think Voight's defense plays into it and I think it, it, it kills him in, in these talks yeah yeah there when you're talking about league MVP and like I'm sorry when you're talking about team MVP and the guy that's most valuable rather than the guy who has the highest stats because that's usually what it goes to um they're both right there uh for for this team but Voight I think playing through the foot injury you know just being that durable guy out there um I, I ate complete shit talking about uh, him losing his job at some point because I'm the Ford, biggest Boyd hater in the beginning. I was there too. I, it's not that I didn't like him. I, I thought I thought what I saw at the end of last year with Ford, I thought that there was something happening there and, yeah. and that he was going to get more time and he was going to take advantage of it. That didn't happen. You're not alone. You're not alone. We're no, all yeah, it's there. fine. It's, it's fine. I've been wrong twice before. So <laughs> The, <laughs> I said I said Miggy was gonna take the the starting third base job by the start of the playoffs. Look, well, that's that's just dumb. There's no I, I don't know. I I had faith that <laughs> old Miggy would come around, but he didn't. So old Miggy still couldn't play third base. Yeah, I know. I was just hoping that he would figure it out, and he didn't. <laughs> the uh, but yeah, I mean Lemayhu. All right, so here here this begs the question now: What are you guys thinking? And and realistically here, we're walking into an off season now. With uh, I'm gonna ask two more uh, two more off season questions before we before we wrap this up, but. LeMahieu obviously is a free agent. I mean, the guy is, is the freaking – I called him the spine. He's like the – he is the <laughs> backbone of this team. That's true. How, how much money do you give him? What is, what is the contract? I mean, have All you guys talked about this on the show? Like, what are you thinking the, a realistic contract for DJ LeMahieu is? And he's talked about it. They were asking him today in the, on the Zoom calls. And, he, you know, he kept saying, like, I've said this before. I want to be here. I want to be here. We'll see how free agency plays. I believe him. I, you know, we'll see. He's a nice guy. I don't know if he wants to take a home hometown discount or yeah. he shouldn't. He absolutely shouldn't. I mean, he, he's been the most consistent player on this team. And he's, he's the type of player that I'm, I, I'm sick of the home runner bust. I'm, I want to start building a team. I'm obviously not building the team, but I want to, I want to root for a team that does what DJ does. If we had nine DJs, I know nobody, that would never happen. But if we had nine players of, DJ's essence like a guy who will just put the ball in play I'm so cool with that like the Royals when they won the World Series I want that I want the small ball I want to hit the ball I want to just put in play I don't want the strikeouts obviously we're gonna have to deal with that because Stanton's under a long contract and Judge is probably gonna stay with us I know JJ's trying to offload him (laughs) but he's probably gonna be a Yankee I mean they made the judges chambers but I don't know I think in terms of DJ's contract I'm backing up anything for him. If he asks for any amount, just give it to him. Because if we don't, another team will. And we have more money than any other team. So why don't we just give it to him? 
I don't know how many years he's going to ask for, and that's probably going to be evidently the deciding factor. He's probably going to want something closer to the five, six range. I know he's up there in age. How old is he? 32. 32, yeah. So how many, how many years do you think he'll ask for? Because that's a determinant of how much he gets per year. I mean, I, I think the contract's probably going to be five years. Yeah. I think it's what a, I it's thinking. A, so what are you a, shaking your head a, at? I said five, six. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. I, I'm agreeing. I, I think oh. it's, it's going to be about that. I could even see a six-year option. I'm not disagreeing with yeah. that. I, I'm, I'm shaking my head probably in agreement. I'm saying that, <laughs> I'm saying that uh, my thought is, is like that's the kind of guy, DJ LeMay is the kind of guy who can actually get old and still be productive yeah. because he doesn't need to hit the ball over the – over the fence to be a productive baseball player. Like, yeah, he's he like will Ichiro. Just, he'll just make the, yeah, exactly. He'll just make those adjustment, adjustments. He, just he will make adjustments. Flip, I have full confidence ball. he will make adjustments. Flick the ball wherever he wants to put it. And if I mean, the only, that, thing, the only thing that could bring him down is his eyesight. And his eyesight's not going to go that bad when he goes from 32 <laughs> to 34. I mean, I'm 23. My eyes are pretty good. I don't know year to year. No, how, I've been there. Dude, gets, I've done this. But... The, eyes, the eyes don't change in that time. The eyes don't change. Exactly. Least, I feel like that goes down the road. Yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, you can get glasses too. Glasses, you know, help. Labor got glasses. Actually, I want to bring that up because we talked about They're just frames. I know. No, but I think I talked about this with, oh, no, I talked about this with Andrew after, but I remember we talked, we brought you on the show originally before we came on with Bronx Pinstripes. And that was one of the questions I asked you. It's like, what do you think of goggles, Glaber, Rexpec, Glaber? Rexpecs, yeah. We were the early adopters to that. We called it out, but. I said to Andrew in our uh, roll call Glaber episode that they aren't prescription. They're like, why would it not be prescription? They're not prescription. Yeah. So. No, he yeah, said, yeah, no, they're he said clear. look good, look good, feel good, play good. Yeah. That's what I he know. said. Everyone was <laughs> making fun of me. He was like, why would you, why would he not, why would he do that? Arello? You're crazy. He's like, he, he literally just wants to look good. And he does. Yeah, so. And he says <laughs> that. So he even, he, he, he owns that part of it. It's okay. No, it's sick. And it works. Yeah. I wear, I wear rec specs when I play softball. It's fine. <laughs> They're not prescription either. <laughs> I'm just trying to protect my eyes so that I don't lose vision. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Damon, what are you thinking? What, what, uh, what, what do they say no to? Do they say no to some, do they say no to him at, in any capacity or is it basically he puts himself out there and then someone just offers I, him the money? I don't, I don't know how you can say no to the guy. I, I really don't. And I think again, the, I think five years is, pretty solid i think that's like i'd be a cool with that but literally like the way he's played the you know the spine that's a great like analogy like because he is this person that holds the entire lineup together and we've seen it this season and last season he is just a production machine i don't see them saying no and if they do say no then i don't know i feel like dj's a nice guy i don't think he's gonna ask for this a 300 million dollar <laughs> contract be, i'm gonna be pissed <laughs> This is going to be the first time that I'm going to be in a long time that I'm going to be like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be pissed off if they don't sign this guy, because there's no like, reason like for them not to. Too, he might be too humble to be like, give me more money. You just like, I think no, no, guys, no, 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 no. Everybody I mean, keeps saying that. I his, so agent will take, his agent will take care of that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But is he a Boris guy? Uh, I don't think so. I, I would. I'd be shocked. I, I, yeah, I would be shocked. I don't know who his gone, agent is. I don't think so. Yeah. I need to look it up, but I don't. <laughs> I would be very surprised if that were the case. I, I just have a feeling that the only reason the only reason I could I would be okay with him leaving at this point is if it was his decision. He just didn't want to play here, and I don't think that's the case. Which is not. The but case. if that is the case, and that's the reason, and the Yankees had, you know, nothing out of their control at that point, that's that's the only only reason I will be okay with it. And I'm, I'm I still be won't really be okay with it, but 
I would be like, why, why didn't you make it a better situation for him that he wanted to be here? I want to be yeah. so pissed off because if we don't have him next year in a full season and he goes to some other team and he starts tearing it up. Oh, he's going to. Because he's going he to. Will I be, know. Definitely. He will be picked so quickly if we let him go to free agency. That and then, and then who's our leadoff guy? And like another team that doesn't have the money that we have. We have the most money out of any team. And if we don't pay him, that means that somebody else – outbid us and what are we doing at that point like why are we not being the yankees then it's just how at, at that point yeah. just being cheap but like again like the fact that we have so many big hitters who are these home run guys throughout the the whole lineup we we need a guy like dj in the lineup and we need a guy who can hit for average and if we're looking for a guy hit for average he's the guy the, the batting title of of the year right and like, somebody who can play too and he someone plays. who can actually play like we need <laughs> that guy to break the, the lineup field. up yeah. And he, the only thing that kept him off the field was Corona, and that didn't even keep him off the field for that long. Yeah. So, and he didn't have symptoms. He was just like, he was just was just like got oh, tested yeah. it was positive. Must he wasn't even sick. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I'm pretty sure that if it was up to him when he uh, when he had that that little thumb thing, he would have cut his thumb oh, off that to too, play. Yeah. yeah, he would have yeah. had it. I mean, he's the he's the Ronnie Lott who like goes in there and just like chop it off. I, yeah, I'll go. I don't need I, that. Thumb. I'd have confidence in him with one arm. I would too. <laughs> I would love it. All right. Um, we got playoffs coming up. The, uh, the, the, obviously Tuesday is going to be Cole Bieber. I mean, that's an A plus matchup. You don't, you cannot that's get crazy. better than that. Uh, Yankees need to make some actual contact. It, it could be, it could be very much. It could be a, a one, nothing, two, nothing. It could be a very low scoring game. Um, Cole has given up some home runs. Usually it's when there's nobody on, he's more aggressive, but that's the type of, this is the type of game where, where that will matter because you're going up against the guy. Um, like Shane Bieber. So no days off, uh, potential bubble. If they do get past Cleveland, the bracket is the bracket. There's no reseeding. There's just a lot of like, this is what it is, you know, deal with it uh, type of playoff situations. What are your thoughts now going into, into Cleveland, into uh, a Cole Bieber game one. And then I, it looks like it's going to be Tur- uh, Tur- uh, Carrasco and Tanaka game two. I mean, that's what you want game one. Like that is, that better be prime time. Not, I mean, that's not what you want for the Yankees. We're obviously going against a potential MVP there. But as a got, baseball fan, that's a as a baseball matchup. fan, yep. that better be prime time. That better not be just that. That better be the main stage there tonight and that night. And I mean, Garrett Cole, he finished off the season pitching out of his mind when you watch that. I mean, he had a few shaky starts, but he finished the season sub three ERA. I think it was like two eight, mm-hmm. and that's what you want. And Garrett Cole, you know he's going to turn it on in the playoffs. We faced him in the playoffs, and he rocked us. I mean, he's, he's a guy who just gets so into it. He gets, he's so meticulous about everything. And then you have another guy in Tanaka who is also that way, and he notoriously turns it on. You see, like, the graphics they put on the broadcast and him compared to some of these amazing pitchers who are, like, way – like, Hall of Fame pitchers. And he's in conversation with them because he has, like, a 1-7 ERA in the postseason. And – if it's a three-game series and you got two of those guys right there to lead us off, it might not go three. I'm pretty confident that we could take one home before we get to the third, and then we don't even have to talk about a Debbie Garcia being the third. That's how confident I am. I know the Indians are good and they've been hot recently, but, I mean, this team has some of the best bats in baseball and one through nine, and all they need to do is be hot. And if they can turn it on, I think – 
it being October against 1st, the best against the best pitcher in baseball. It's a, right it's now. a big if. <laughs> I get it, but I think it being October first and just that crisp fall air, you get a pumpkin spice in you in the morning. Until think, we go to <laughs> until they win and go to Texas for the bubble. <laughs> yeah, what, whatever it is, just watch like a Christmas movie before you start or something, or the Halloween something to get you in the mode that it's October. Just I throw think, a hoodie on. I think that will get them just like to click and like, hey. It's October now. Like, I, obviously, these last few games didn't really matter, and we knew it. Obviously, they knew it too. It was against the Marlins too. Like, it doesn't matter. I think once, yeah. when when it comes time to like, actually get down to business, I think we'll we'll turn it on. Yeah, I hope they're yeah, turning the switch so. on like you think yeah. like you think they are. But I, think, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I, I am watching Garrett Cole pitch the last two games were were really fun because the, that guy, he you could tell the difference between that game and the first couple games he pitched just the how locked in he was he was throwing pitches getting right back he had his rhythm going went back to the dugout like no one was talking to him and that was like he was just automatic he was on a mission those last two games and I feel that's just going to be even more in the the first game of the postseason I again I'm I'm not worried about Garrett Cole I'm more worried about our bats waking up and and producing because yeah it, that's it's, the it's, thing it's just been so streaky and I, I want to be this guy who's just like yeah we'll turn it on but at the end of the day you can't just turn on a hitting a baseball. You're not, you can't just get hyped and get energized and go hit somebody. You need to actually hit a baseball. So it's a little bit different. But um, The over-under in that game is going to be like three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hammer the under. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. <laughs> All right, boys. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, this is going to be uh, It's going to be interesting. I, I do feel good if we can get past – if we get past Cleveland, like that's that's some momentum building. Now, now you go down. Now you go into this bubble situation where anything goes. You got all the talent in the world. Crazier things have happened. Maybe you're, maybe you see Tampa down there. We'll see what happens. Uh, I, I would uh, I would love to see that in the ALCS. That would be great. And then moving on, someone's gonna win this thing. Might as well be us, right? Why yeah. not? Thanks thanks for coming on, boys. We'll uh, we'll talk again soon. All right, for sure. Thanks for having us. Go Yanks. New York City. Sorry, I won't apologize to nobody. You play like I'm invisible, girl. Don't act like you ain't saw me. Last year was a mess, and how I acted was beyond me. But the past still revolves me. You text me, I ain't responding. But now shit's unchanged. Go our separate ways. But look at this damage you did to me. I still want nothing to do between you and me. Please don't say nothing. It all sounds untrue to me. We don't got nothing to say. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.